Yeah. Sam yep. Seaman. Yep, salmon seamen. That's that's how we're starting this episode. That's like the note we're like starting. the great salmon and the great seamen. We're strumming, strumming, swimming upstream, Dennis. Well, strumming our guitars. Yeah. Swimming and strumming. We don't do any of that. I can't but swim though. Said, I set I set up my pool this year and and it's fucking. I've used it maybe three times. I've cleaned it multiple times. It got oh bad. no. And now I'm looking at it. I'm like, it's gotten bad again. After like it was really bad, and my mom cleaned it really good. What a what a sad sad thing for a thirty something year old man. Sad pool story. I set my pool up and my mom cleaned it for me, and I let it get dirty again. That's the life I live, folks. It's a movie toasty show Here for you Dennis and Adam joke about orgasms And sweet movie reviews we Talk about TV too, right? I, I think so Yeah? Yeah Yeah, yeah Movie toast Welcome to episode 170 <laughs> of Movie Toast News and Reviews. As you can hear, Dennis is back with us again. Dennis, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's it's good to be back. That was way too long to be away from you fine toasties. I miss uh, sharing all the all the good news that is the Movie Toast with you guys. Adam, this is this has become such a regular thing for us. Like I couldn't help but try to talk movies with people around me and they just, just don't get it. There's a reason why you and I do this, yeah. man. Yeah. And like it's sad. I went to a party yesterday with some of my friends, and they were all giving me shit. They're like, "We gotta, we gotta limit our kids with their screen times, or maybe they'll start reviewing movies." And I'm like, "Go fuck yourselves!" Oh, cute you assholes. Cute. That's okay. I, yeah. We just have free time and you know money we can spend on ourselves, <laughs> and we can go do whatever uh, the fuck we want mm-hmm. when we want to. But you know, hey, hey. Hey, hey, everyone, everyone lives their lives, Dennis. Right. And we, 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 we live ours to serve five uh, listeners a week. So that's, that's, that's right. what we're doing here this week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fantastic. This is my greatest joy. So I don't know what you folks are doing <laughs> right here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. I feel like this is the worst two minute opening yet. I we're we're going to wait down there, there, but it's raw. We, I, I, I say we just, and in the next episode, we just dig even deeper. We really shovel Ooh. the shit. I don't know. I don't know what direction Ooh, that'd be, good. though, but it's it's getting there. Not a good one. If it was a title, yeah. that's what it, it's something, you know, you got to make, you got to earn Possibly. it. Possibly. You got to really make it stand really out do. if that's what it's going to be. You got to cement it. Right? Yeah. All right, you know we're going nowhere <laughs> quick, so let's let's uh let's uh roll the uh, the fun music. Holes. That's right, folks. This is the second favorite part of the show for me, with the exception of trivia. I guess it's the first one. Uh, uh, polls, folks, you can head over to X, formerly known as Twitter, and uh, get in on the action. On uh, episode 168, I had reviewed a movie that <laughs> was about a fake band 
that band being well, no, it's a real band, so fuck me. Pretty, I mean, I'm talking yeah. about the band, <laughs> the, uh, the the band Death Clock and their uh, latest foray into the feature film world, Metalocalypse, the Army of the Doom Star. So I want us to know what the Toasty's favorite comedy movie about a band was, and uh, or yeah. So I, I, I put uh, the Blues Brothers. This is Spinal Tap. School of Rock and uh, Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. There was a lot more better movies I could have chose, but those are the ones I chose, so fuck you. If you there are a lot of them, and, in, and those are all actually great movies. I love everyone. I think I would have to give it to Blues Brothers personally, just given this is kind of... That was the first step into any of that sort of thing for me personally. Fair and enough. Still, Fair enough. still worth a rewatch, I feel like, at least uh, once a year for me. Huh. You know, I never really could get into the Blues Brothers or the Blues Brothers 2000. I got to go back. I mean, if you got John Goodman and I'm not watching it, something's wrong with me. And that's true. It's like the second one is so far away from the first one. I'm almost surprised that's sure. not what you gravitated more more towards <laughs> purely for that right. reason. Um, that and the in the goodness of the Goodman. But um, they yeah, no, I, th- I think the uh, the masterful uh storytelling that's going on in this like uber ridiculous world and it's only and it's like they use it sparingly there's that's why i it's not like slapstick throughout but like when those moments happen i i don't know one of the things that stands out to me it's funny fair enough hey i mean they're an iconic duo that they are um but I'm, I'm not going to lie, Dennis. The uh, Toasties were on my side this week. Zero oh, percent for the Blues Brothers. Zero oh. percent for This Is Spinal Tap. Thirty-three wow. percent for School of Rock. And I'm I'm very shocked. Sixty-seven for Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. Wow. Like I put that on there, expecting zero for that. And, oh uh, wow! Come on. I don't know. No way. That's, I don't know, man. It was it was going to get. What's funny? The real, the one that really surprised me, I think, would be uh, Spinal Tap getting nothing. I like thought I they'd get some love. They're like the yeah. original OG mockumentary. Like, I'm kind of shocked. That's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I will say, it made me go back and watch Today's Just D in the Pick of Destiny. <laughs> nice. And uh, I'm slowly not shameful of saying that these days. Like, it, it's growing on me. Shouldn't be, More yeah. and more each time. Still not as good as their HBO TV show, but that's uh, for another day. It's a very refined um, palette. Also, on... It really is. It's a uh, it's no tenacious D in post apocalypto. It's it's a different beast. Anyway, sorry, I could talk for days about that. I uh, reviewed the uh, film Gran Turismo on episode one hundred and sixty eight. So I wanted to know what the Toasty's favorite race car driving video game franchise was out of Gran Turismo, Need for Speed, Forza, and Mario Kart because one of those things is not like the other, Dennis. <laughs> Oh man. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, all are, it's well, all are enjoyable though in their own merit. That's the Sure. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to tell you, 0% tie for Need for Speed and Forza surprisingly. Yeah, I right. was shocked. I thought Need for Speed would be up top. Really? 25% for my pick of uh, Mario Kart. Yeah. 75 for Gran Turismo. I, I feel like I've never really hear people talking about Gran Turismo games, but I don't know. Maybe because the movie's out, it's hot on everyone's minds. I don't know. 
Probably. No, it's what's funny is that it's that series that's kind of been around for so long that even if you're not playing the more current iteration, you've probably spent hours playing an earlier version on the PlayStation at some point. And then it's been like that was the foray for a lot of people into getting into the more technical side of uh, motorsports and the various the various levels and degrees to which it it goes to, because the way they the way it's set up, it's very entry level, but it become it can become as advanced as you want it to be, and I think that's kind of one of the mm. fun fun things about that series. Forza is, I mean, a close clone to it though, so it's like it's really not that mm. far off. I, don't, I enjoy them both. Yeah. So nice. I don't know if I've played any of them. I feel like if I played a Gran Turismo, it would have been like the earlier ones on oh, the sure. PlayStation. I don't know. Uh, but anywho, I also reviewed the Ed Vampire movie, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. So I want us to know what the Toasties' favorite vampire film was out of The Monster Squad, Blade, Twilight, and Jennifer's Body. A weird array of uh, vampire movies, but I uh, felt like they were varying degree. Yeah. I kind of like the garbagey trashiness of Jennifer's body, to be honest, out of all of those. But <laughs> you know, I've only seen it the one time we saw it in the theater, and uh, oh. I gotta go back and rewatch. Yeah, it's been a while. It's still a fun garbagey thing. Like it's like mm. indulging on that. Yes, 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 exactly. And it lives in that world, and I'm like, I think that's honestly what makes it rewatchable. Is you're just like, holy shit, they made this thing. Yeah. Um, but it's still 100%. fun. But it's still fun. Yeah. Yeah, and sexy, and sexy yeah. and sleek. But what else? All right, uh, surprisingly, to my chagrin, 0% for Twilight. <laughs> and uh, wow. I don't know, maybe the day of Twilight's over. I'm happy I didn't uh, review all the Twilight films when I rewatched them earlier this year. Oh, dear God, yeah. So kudos, kudos for that. Um, a 2020 tie for The Monster Squad and Jennifer's Body. With a sixty percent for good old Blade, <laughs> oh, there you I'm go. not mad at that. Yeah, my next, like my it. guess would have been would have been Blade, to be honest. But I was tempted to put Blade Trinity to see if anybody would give it votes, but uh, I, I just stuck with the Blade in it's, general. It's bad. That's the only one I've seen. It is. It really is. I mean, I love it. It's a it's a fine movie, but nowhere near as good as the others. You don't have a blood heist at a blood bank. You don't have a blood Fuck, orgy. Man. But you do have a Count Chocula fucking reference, so that's cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's it is what it is, I guess. Count Chocula. I would check him out if I were you. Yeah, no, it's definitely not off the list. Just so much but, as like, but it's been about 20, 25 years, so you haven't. Spoilies. Seen it, I doubt you'll get around. To it. No spoilies. <laughs> oh come on! No, are you kidding me? That's my. Uh, yeah. That seems to be my habit, though. Is just <laughs> then going back and watch ten years later. I'm that's gonna. True. <laughs> Wa- finally watch all of this other stuff from like the mid 2000s to early 2010s that yeah, i never watched into that yeah like just have this whole phase <laughs> oh late 2000s man yeah i mean hey hey there's always 2040 uh, <laughs> when we're at episode 337 because we move exactly. at a snail's pace um all right i think this might be our last one here and boy oh boy did it get a lot of votes I reviewed the film Babylon 5, The Road Home on, okay. the, on the episode 168. Turned out for the uh, Babylon. And I guess on episode 169, because it was a, a Babylon-themed episode. Um, so I wanted to know, 
which sci-fi TV series the Toasties were fans of the most out of Farscape, Andromeda, Star, uh, Stargate, and Babylon 5. Oof. Four shows I've never watched. Right? I'm like... But I, I assume they all had cult followings. That's not true. I did actually watch Stargate, but a little bit. Not Didn't follow it religiously, but I'll admit to that one. Um, fuck, man. I don't know. That's a good... You got a good spread of stuff. <laughs> But as you said, you didn't want. I didn't anything. want to put like Star Trek on it. Yeah, or that's an obvious one. Like, I don't want anything getting overshadowed. Yeah, yeah no. Um, yeah. Oh fuck! What's the one? Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Like I think that's even no. too popular. Yeah, that one's very high up there. I assume for some folks, but zero uh, percent for Andromeda. Okay. Okay. Four percent for Stargate. Fifteen for Babylon Five. 81% for Scar- Farscape. Why do I, what, Farscape. I don't know what the fuck I was trying okay. to say in the first place. Yeah, yeah. A show wow. that I didn't know anybody really watched, but uh, people love it. I just remember it was an ad on uh, commercial breaks in uh, Sci-Fi Channel back in the day. But uh, right? that's, that's it. That's all it ever was to me. <laughs> hey, Interesting. Okay. Guess, uh, okay. We're missing out here. Yeah. We're missing out. Hey man, I was watching the Tremors TV series, so I don't think I was missing out. Nah. Oh shoot, that's 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 classy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm 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 shocked they haven't rebooted it. Not not like the Jamie Kennedy reboot. Like I'm talking oh, like, about like a from big, scratch. big money making. Yeah. Yeah, multi million dollar. Do a fucking. Or bring back fucking uh, Kevin Bacon and do like a big fucking requel style thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he hasn't been in any of the movies since. So I, yeah. that, that would be interesting. But if they if they took it, if they just started from scratch back at the beginning, I say it should still be set like in the late 80s. So you eliminate all Ooh. of that technology and you, you maintain this like isolation mm. that they're supposed to have and perfection. That's the that's the whole scary concept of it, right? Like it'd be lame if they still had their cell phones and all that shit and or whatever. I don't know. Kurt would totally have a radio, but yeah. it's a matter of oh, and then like who would you cast? There's a good oh, that would be an interesting uh, like right. fan feedback thing there. Who would you cast as the main hey. characters in a Tremors revival? Revival. Let us know Reboot. you're listening. Get at us on Twitter, I mean X, at movie underscore toast, and tell us who you want to see star in a big screen reboot of Tremors. Dennis, I will tell you on the next episode if anybody actually All cares right. or listens to this show. I hope so. I hope so. It'd be, it'd be nice. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be kind of nice. Um, All right. Should we get into the nitty gritty? Oh, I'm up for it, man. Let's do it. All right. By the way, Up Walton Goggins. Friends over just had to say it was. I was just burning Ooh. a hole in me. Walton Goggins as Burt Gummer. There we go. I said Ooh. it. Done. It's out of my system. Walter <gasps> Goggins as everybody and anybody. That man is yes. just goddamn fantastic. He plays in all the roles. He can do it all. Yeah, a little bit of Eddie Murphy style action. It might take him a bit, but I think he could do it. Okay. Would anybody <laughs> watch it? Probably. So he has know. the uh, Reba McIntyre wig on. Then I'm I'm down. Well, I mean, Reba McIntyre should be in it, too, because, eh, I mean, why not? <laughs> She's, She's the old new other one. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, you gotta bring back. She's like our final girl. She She's the Laurie Strode of the situation. 
You can't Not really. That's the uh, that's the university student. That's the that's the seismologist that Kevin Bacon Fair is to enough. save like multiple times. She's more the final girl, whereas Reeve McIntyre is just a badass. She's another soldier, like the rest, like Bird is. Maybe maybe I should watch Tremors again. It's been some. Time. It, it holds up to me. I still I still love it. Maybe maybe we should do a commentary Ooh, track on Tremors. That would be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. I apologize for hijacking the, your entry into the into yeah, the reviews you're a piece there. Of shit, Dennis. You know, I, you, know you take two, take you it. take a fucking week off, and then you hijack the fucking talking show. over you. I wasn't gonna say anything. I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> I was just gonna brush it off with Reba McIntyre talk. But thank you for calling yourself <laughs> out. I appreciate it. You piece of shit. <laughs> No, it's cool. It's cool. Walter Goggins, he gets to trump any conversation. Okay. I get it. Understandable. Walton's got to go. Anything else before I move on? (laughs) (laughs) He does. Uh, No, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. All right. As I was saying earlier, (laughs) our friends over at Lionsgate sent us a screener of a movie called King of Killers. You're all the very best in the world at what you do. I want you to know that this isn't your typical contract. It's more like a competition to kill me, King of Killers. Or I can guarantee I will kill you. We're still on for tonight, right? 8 p.m. at the coal train. My anniversary's tomorrow. Marcus? Don't worry, baby. I'll find out who did this. You're invited to eliminate the world's greatest assassin. So who's the client? Dracos. I'm in. Where are they sending you? Welcome to Japan. You set all this up? I'm your employer. I work alone. Nobody leaves until the game is finished. And we fight hard and die with honor. That's what I'm talking about. He set this whole thing up. We have to change the rules on him. That the only way we survive this is if we work together. All of us versus you. (laughs) How fun does that sound? Dracos! Told you I was competitive. The king does bleed. You sure you want a piece of that? Who's next? This movie is about an assassin who gives up the work after his wife is murdered because he has a young daughter and he wants to raise her. But the issue is his young daughter gets sick. He still doesn't know who killed his wife and he needs money. And he gets an offer, Dennis, an offer he can't refuse. He, uh, he gets a contract, an exclusive contract to kill one of the most elusive hitmen ever known to mankind. So elusive nobody's ever seen his face to, and survived to talk about it. 
Uh, so if he, and if he does it, he'll get paid millions of dollars. Jeez. So he decides, yeah, well, I'll take it. He flies to Japan only to find out the contract is not exclusive at all because there's also the world's six other top hitmen and women at this place. And it turns out the person that mysteriously hired them is the fucking elusive hitman himself. And he wants to make a battle royale style game out of it. He wants one player. Well, I guess not really battle royale, but he wants one person at a time in order one through seven to go, try to kill him. And uh, one guy's like, fuck that. I ain't doing it. And then kaboom, his fucking head explodes. Hmm. They've implanted suicide oh, squad style bombs in their head. So they have to do it. But after the first person goes, they realize the game's rigged and they're like, let's work as a fucking team. But of course, not every motherfucker is a team player. So it's like, all right, we got to dodge the bad guys trying to kill us and kill the guy that's trying to kill us that we got to kill to make a million dollars, <laughs> a $10 million, whatever it is. And uh, it's goofy, but, uh, you know, what really saves it, like we've said in the past, this type of movie is not about the dialogue or the plot. It's about the action. And it has some badass action, and I'll give it that. Like, some, some, some fun kills. The set design is like pretty, pretty cool. Each uh, set has like a different lighting tone, a different look to its cinematography a little bit. So that's kind of fun. Uh, and it's based off a graphic novel and uh, the writer director is the creator of the graphic novel. So I guess if anybody knows the source material, it's him. It, it has a lot of people that I'm like, I don't know any of them. And then it has a guy that I feel like I've maybe seen in some straight-to-DVD movies. Alan Moosey is the main character. Okay. And uh, and then it has Stephen Dorff in it, who I always <laughs> love, and Frank Grillo. Is, uh, Frank Grillo's the guy that hired them all. Oh, yeah, nice. So it has some some, some names in it. But uh, it's a little it's a little schlocky. Yeah. But like I said, it's a fun time. Like, you kind of can guess where it's going, but it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's bloody. It's brutal. It's intense. It's the King of Killers. <laughs> Available on VOG and in select theaters on September 1st, a.k.a. tomorrow. Check it out if you like action movies, if you like adventure, brutal killings and whatnot. This movie's for you. I'm going to give it two and a half slices of toast. All right. Decent watch. Decent watch. Yeah. yeah, I didn't regret it. It, was, it wasn't hard. It was a quick in and out. It wasn't too long either, which is always a nice plus. I want to say it was like... I want to say it's under two hours. Okay. So that, that's kind of nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Solid watch. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you got something yeah. about murders as well. Oh, yeah. I got, I got something dark and gritty. Val and I have still been in our, like, true crime sort of kick for a little while, and Found a found another entry to to cast down this way over on Netflix. There's a little documentary called "The Lady of Silence: The Matavias Murders." Primero visita Soriel y acontece en la ciudad de México. No es fácil encontrar una hoja en un pajar. Los asesinatos de ancianos en el Distrito Federal no se detienen. Espalda ancha, manos grandes. Era muy probable que se tratara de un hombre dedicado a la lucha libre. 
se vestía como enfermera. Era una especie de obsesión. La tenemos que agarrar, la tenemos que agarrar. A pesar de las pistas que la autoridad dice tener, los asesinatos de las personas de la tercera edad no cesan. Mi abuelita era lo más grande para mí. Podía ser hombre vestido de mujer. A mí me involucraron diciendo que yo era la mata viejitas. Mataba siempre frente a parques. Tú encendías la televisión y lo primero que veías eran noticias de matavijitas, matavijitas, matavijitas. Era una psicosis espantosa. No platiques con nadie. No le abras a nadie. En casi ocho años, 48 ancianas murieron. Hay un asesinato y hablan más de cómo mataron a decir quién era esa persona. ¿Y las víctimas qué? ¿Se siguieron cometiendo homicidios de ancianas? Te digo que había imitadores. Y decíamos, pues ¿cuántos son? ¿Quién es entonces quien está cometiendo estos delitos? This is a... Uh... Creepy old story of just like the last murder victim I feel like you would expect to be a common target. Little old ladies, uh, elderly women who have just been turning it dead in their homes, often with several of their like personal possessions taken. And it's been springing up in several different cities for years. And like, I mean, it's it's the point to where the their estimates were up to like b between 30 and 45 elderly women they suspected were killed in this manner. And it's Jesus. like, how many people like, they're starting to think, well, shit, is this like a trend of, uh, uh, at one point they're looking at a couple of different men that they were convinced were the ones doing this. And like the police were having a really fucking hard time with this. because the, uh, the difficult part was the MO was often changing. There might be a couple of similarities, uh, this, uh, strip method of strangulation, seems somewhat similar, but it's always different objects and items, and it's always different. There's there's these other outlying elements that don't quite make sense and uh, until there's a quite a turn. Then all of a sudden they realize, oh, we've been looking in the wrong direction entirely. We think it's one woman, and we think this woman is a, a wrestler. A they, she seems to be this professional wrestler. And it goes down, like, That's it takes a couple other turns. Like, it, it was a gnarly story. Um... I, I found it fascinating. The My issue, or the, really the issue we both kind of had when watching, it was like we kind of kept repeating some of the same information like over and over and over again. And we were kind of like, you got to wait a few minutes for to finally get a new piece of information to nibble on every some every few scenes. And like that kind of got repetitive. I'm like, okay, I'd, especially when he's like, you've, you've, all right, we've listed out all of the previous suspects. We've even found other like people who've committed other horrible crimes, but nothing like, really that that moves it forward to quite often enough if that makes sense it is just kind of like okay i see you trying to build the intrigue and you're making it feel very dramatic and then you have these horrible recountings of the, the stories of like some of the survivors of of their attacks of the various people that they've been talking to um but it kind of takes a while to get there to be honest it's it, i think it drugged just a little mm. bit um But it's it doesn't mean it's not worth watching if you're into this sort of subject matter. I will say, I did still I still enjoyed it. Um, not my favorite of this genre, I will say. At an hour and 51 minutes, it does 
take some time to get to the end, but uh, I'm going to give The Lady of Silence two and a half slices. Again, it's over on uh, Netflix. It's another solid chapter in their uh, continuing series of true crime documentaries. Uh, intense, intense story, though. It might be, it might be, you know, depending on your own outlook, it might be intense for other viewers. So, not one I would recommend across the board for everybody, but still an interesting story to check out. Fair enough. I mean, that's kind of cool. A woman wrestler doing it. Not who I would picture at right. all doing it. That's intense. Yeah. She's got, and she's, it's, huh. even once they find her, there a few more layers unfold that are like, oh, okay, wow. Not even this part was real. And you tried really hard huh. to make this convincing. And it's like, <laughs> that was, that was impressive to me. That's, yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. So you say that's over on Netflix yeah. currently, yeah. right? Nice. Not bad. All right. Hey man, what, uh, what about you? Moving moving on, I got a movie that I put off seeing because I was like, oh, this this is probably going to be one of those preachy religious movies and like boring as shit and stupid. You know, <laughs> that's a great way to walk into a theater. Yeah. But a friend of mine wanted to see it and I'm like, you know what? I'll see everything once, so why not? I'm talking about the movie Sound of Freedom. How'd that make you feel? Giving a child his freedom. Felt good. You have been at this for 12 years. My country tis of thee. Why are you doing it? Because God's children are not for sale. It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. And yet somehow, you have failed to bring me one real world lead. Over Tim. Close up and come back home. So you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. South of that river is all rebel territory. No one goes in. What if this was your daughter? She's gone. Hear that? That's the sound of freedom. Freedom is one of those films that can legitimately change this world. So we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help. Let's make this film a historic event and the start the end of child trafficking 
Theaters across this country are already selling out. Pre-order your tickets today, and you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale. So this movie is about, like, a dude who, like, busts fucking pedophiles. And one day, like, his partner is like, I fucking quit, dude. Yeah. And he's like, why? He's like, well, how many people have you captured? And he's like, and he had a big amount of captures. But he's like, how many kids have you saved? And he's like, well, that's not our job. And he's like, fuck, that is kind of fucked up. And one day he ends up saving a kid, one boy, and uh, then he finds out that boy had a sister who was also kidnapped and put into sex trafficking. And he makes it his mission to go and find this girl. And he does it under the guise of, of the agency he works for. And then it turns out they, they he's spending way too much money. So they're like, you're cut off. You're done. And this guy quits his job and decides to do it out of the kindness of his heart because he wants to find the mm -hmm. girl. And he works with like an ex, well, not work. He teams up with this guy who used to work with the cartel and uh, who went to jail. And he, this guy get got when he got out of jail, he had sex with a uh, woman of the night. And then he found out that woman of the night turned out to be like 14 and he felt really gross and terrible. And after oh, that, Jesus. he started like, paying for these uh, paying for these uh, kids and then freeing them and giving them a safe life. Mm. So the, our guy, our main character teams up with him and another guy and like they they start like this like sex island scheme to catch people and hopes and they're like they put a lot of money into it and they're like hey if you can bring 60 at least 60 people here, yeah, I can make you rich. By 60 people, I mean like kids in hopes that one of them is the girl because they know that this one woman had the the the, the brother so like she has to have the the, the sister. Uh -huh. But I don't want to ruin if she's there or not, but this guy also puts himself in danger and like infiltrates a militia and like just really goes balls out. Now I know this is quote unquote based on a true story. I don't know how deep it is, how real it is or whatnot, but I don't know. It's really interesting. I, I was shocked. Uh, and like the beginning starts off it really with a, with a gut punch. Like they show like this woman coming and like been like, Oh, your daughter wants to model. Cool. Oh yeah. Your son, he, could be a model too and just come on down to our like agency tomorrow and drop them off and then he goes the dad drops off the kids and she's like no adults are allowed in and then the dad's like all right i'll come pick them up later and boom kidnapped and it's like all right that seems pretty easy wow that's scary right. and uh there's the it's intense shit and like then they show you what looks like real footage of kids being adopted uh, abducted. Oh God! Uh, and honestly, it, they, I, I, I fucking the theater was packed, and it was like one of the last showings. And like, I was like, oh, this is weird. And it was like nobody like made any noise in the theater. It was kind of nice. It was quiet, but there was moments of like jokes and brevity sprinkled in, and nobody was laughing but me. So uh. I felt like a weirdo. And like my my friends, like there was no jokes in that. I'm like, there were definitely jokes, dude. People were just ashamed to laugh because they were like shocked by some by, yeah, by the shit. stuff you've been seeing. I mean, overall, yeah, overall, I mean, it was a really good movie. Nice. Uh, it it stars the dude that played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ, that Jim Caviezel guy. Uh, I'm gonna give it three and a half slices of toast. I was shocked by it. Oh, nice. It was, it was a good watch. Nice. Oh, badass. Yeah. Yeah, for one that's I know it's yeah, got a it got like an unfortunate distribution deal, and there's all these 
fucking ridiculous conspiracy theories about it and look no that's just what happens when you Uh don't spend a lot of money in distribution you don't it doesn't move around much it's Uh like it's still a good movie yeah it's it's on channels for a while didn't cut out or it didn't switch into another (laughs) language or whatever bullshit Uh um it's just a good movie awesome yeah all there you go yeah exactly yeah there you go it was good and uh yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear about some other good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I got no. I got something good or or, or bad, depending on how you're looking at it. Actually, that's kind of the point of Hopefully. this next entry. Um, this is called "Poisoned: The Truth of Dirty Food." We have by far the safest food supply in the entire world. The safest food supply in the world. Let's remember one thing: we have the safest food supply in the world right here in the U.S. It's laughable. We don't have the safest food system in the world. Cut fruit, cut cantaloupe, strawberries, caramel apples, tomatoes, onions, chicken. All these products are likely contaminated. It is a very scary situation where you have a perfectly healthy 17-year-old female, and 48 hours later, she's dying. It was an absolute nightmare. It was definitely from E. coli. If I buy chicken at the grocery store, should I assume it's safe for me? Your primary assumption should be that it contains pathogens such as salmonella and campylobacter. There are 15 federal agencies that in one form or another are tasked with food safety regulation. Food companies hate regulation. They don't think of it as food. It becomes a commodity. Profit is more important than ethics. Consumers would really be shocked at some of the stories that we could tell them. Right now, the government is not doing enough to protect consumers. Regulators have the ability to set the tone that encourages industry to do the right thing. The burden shouldn't be with consumers. It's not acceptable. If the public makes their voices heard, legislators will act. I ate a salad, and now I have long-term health effects from it. That's right. Yeah. Drop that donut. No, just kidding. The, the processed stuff is probably the safest, cleanest thing. Um, no, this is about the aspects of the food industry in America that have actually very limited to almost no regulation whatsoever. And this is shit we bring straight into our homes that we don't like bat an eye at. Um, so apparently what they're, the main highlight of this is kind of pointing out that like a lot of uh, fruit and vegetable production in certain stages, they just, there is no regulation as to what's happening. Um, the, 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 the bagged salads you get, that's all pre-sorted, pre-washed. They're like, apparently the, the definition of their washing process is wildly up for interpretation. There isn't like, uh, this mandatory list, if you must do the X, Y, Z, it's kind of up to whatever they want to do. Um, they, they talked about, it goes, it goes back to, I remember when I was a kid hearing about like the mad cow disease and the E. coli, uh, outbreaks and stuff yeah. that was coming out in beef and chicken. And we had issues with the eggs for a minute. Like and it covers a lot of those bases. And that's the interesting point is, we, we as concerned as we are with the service of food in restaurants and such and like the quality of, of things being processed, there's very little in regards to like how clean this food needs to be. They were finding like fields 
of, of like butter lettuce that were that had one tiny shit field creek separating them from like a field of cattle. And this is this is lettuce that's barely getting it's getting watered and then getting harvested and sent to your grocery store. And a lot there's a lot of this overconfidence like, oh, I can just eat it as is. And I'm like, it is still literally covered in shit. There's certain things, some of the, some of the medical doctors and the scientists they're talking to where it's like, oh, I, I just don't even buy cantaloupe in the store. It's an impossible fruit to wash unless you grow it yourself. <laughs> it's like, it's a permeable membrane on the surface. You, there are certain things that will penetrate the surface that you cannot clean and will make you sick. And they start talking about the, oh. the actual death toll of some of these things. And there's people that die every year from some very like, Things you would never expect. Um, they, there's interview one family where this girl was in a coma for the longest time from a salad she got from Panera Bread that featured a let a recalled lettuce at the time, romaine, which romaine apparently is the is one of the big ones. Um, but is is interesting. The mm. the thing though is like. Right at the gate, you can tell this is coming from this very specific slant, this very, this one view. And we never try to like broaden out from it whatsoever. The, even the few, like, I, I don't, I, I don't like getting into political motivated, com- politically motivated conversation too often because I just, I like to have my own opinion. And this one, it just very much the entire time feels like it's coming from one side. Although I tend to agree with virtually everything that's being said. It feels different when you know you're being told this. It, it's like it's all coming from the down this one channel and nowhere else. You get a couple of other like I think there's one other Republican mm-hmm. senator that's like on the side on the side of this re- regulation as well. But for the most part, you're hearing a lot of the same voices over and over again for a good reason. For good reason. Um, but it just kind of feels like I'm being spoon fed this one person's blog post, you know, like it's, it, it, it's, it's still fascinating now. It gave me some things to consider and like definitely to be more diligent when purchasing certain things or like, don't be fooled by the labeling on some stuff. Like just because it says organic this or whatever, it doesn't always mean it's necessarily any better or worse. Um, there, there, a lot of that stuff can actually is almost the same thing with a very little difference, but it's, it's, there's some food for thought to consider within there, but, uh, yeah, I, I, not, not the most thrilling. This, this one didn't hook me too hard, although it went by pretty quick that it's a right around 90 minutes. Um, it's, uh, you can watch this over on Netflix again. This is poisoned, uh, the truth of dirty food. I'm going to give it two and a half slices. It's still, it's one of those. It's like, okay, he made me think of like, think about something a little differently. I can appreciate that. It's a, it feels a little force fed, but I, I, I can respect it. You know, I, I, I watched the whole thing. I was intrigued enough to follow through the whole way. Yeah. Fair enough. That's why I eat totally unhealthy, Dennis. You know what you're <laughs> yeah, getting. Exactly what Filth. you're getting. Well, that's what's funny. Like their example was funny. Cause it's like, you, okay, you go to a restaurant in Los Angeles where you make tacos and here are all of these ingredients from very different things. And you have to like the, prep area needs to be done a certain way and you literally have like a city employee comes and checks to make sure all of this is done but a lot of these ingredients individually there is there's no one to come check 
what happened to that before at that point. Mm. You were only concerned about like how we handle it, it, it in the moment. It's funny. One of, one of my uh, friends the other day I was talking to, and he was talking about this time he worked at like a uh, pizza place, and like the, when they were prepping to make some like he said he worked at this place for one day, and then he was so grossed out he stopped and even stopped eating there. Like he said they were prepping salads, and he opened up a, uh, a head of lettuce, and like a bunch of like ladybugs came out, and they're like, ah, oh, it's cool, just rinse it off. We'll use it still, and like. Then like all the sweat and shit that goes into mm, the food, like yeah, it's it's gross that they'll actually just some unsavory places yep. will serve people. It's like fuck that. I've seen some, yeah, and and not to not to not to yeah. call out places, but I the my first uh, food industry job there was uh, when prepping the protein, one of them being chicken. I I had start prepping the chicken for the next. Uh, tray like the next run and um there's like an entire chicken spinal column all fully attached <laughs> just in the, and i'm like how did it get this someone must have felt that even packing this box there's no fucking way and yeah. i'm like i show the manager and she's just like take just throw it away don't let anyone see it and just use it anyways i'm like but we don't know there aren't more bones wow. in this fucking thing and she's like nope just you know, there's it's if chickens always gonna have bones, right? And I'm just like, I guess this doesn't seem right, but okay. <laughs> no, Fucking a. yeah, that was Yikes. yeah, that place was terrible. That's I wouldn't, insane. yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, it made me feel good. The place that my friend was talking about, I I, I ate at once and I was disgusted by the food. And I'm like, Ooh. never again. So I'm go. like, good thing my instincts are good enough to there dodge that bullshit. But who knows what else I eat? I mean, I eat everything, so fuck me. Uh, anyways, moving away from shitty foods, let's, let's talk eat, about let's shitty see, was, No, no, I, I gotta... I gotta oh, there you go. I was gonna say, or eat some bugs. Right. Some bug eating. Oh, there we go. That That's that's the segue we should have <laughs> st- stuck with. Uh, I got the, uh, the latest DC film, Blue Beetle. I want to fly. Oh, let's do this. Yeah! You gotta force it to come out. What are you? You're a genius. Well, I know. But what I say? No, 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 wait, no, 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 no. Did you know what was gonna happen to my brother when you stuck him with this world destroying thing? It's called the Scarab. I had no idea it would activate. It has to choose you. So how do we get it to unchoose me? Host acquired. Who said that? Systems checking. Three, okay. two, okay. Listen to me! 
the world is a place to protect. I have an arsenal at my disposal. Anything, please! Watch and learn, Jaime. Whatever you can imagine, I can create. Yeah, that's more like it. for your family makes you weak. You're wrong. My family, that's what makes me strong. Oh, I forgot how bad it looks. Target the family. Sorry, my mom. Jaime? You are a superhero, cabron. Y'all take shots y'all aim up. Whoa! You're the blue beetle. I could use that arsenal right about now! God, you never ask. Hell yeah. They've been trying to stop the That's right, folks. The movie that was made for HBO Max that then beat the odds and became a big screen movie, <laughs> even though they still had a finished movie with Batgirl and they got rid of it and, and won't let the world see it. We get the Blue Beetle film. Uh, all right. So this movie, uh, for those of you who don't know about it, it's uh, essentially the DC's version of Iron Man in a way. Um, there's this dude, the dude that we'll, we'll just call him the dude from fucking cobra kai miguel uh zolo something uh he just graduated from college with the with a fine degree and he comes home to like the unsavory part of the city uh the slummy area that needs to be uh genderfied uh out of this gigantic metropolis city and uh it turns out his family they're about to lose their house uh, his dad had a heart attack recently. Things can't be going worse yeah. for this family, but they're still a happy family and in a great family. This is a, a big sense of family. Unlike the fake family sense that you get from uh, the, the, the fast and furious. <laughs> movies, this, this is an actual Latina family celebrating their, their selves and, and, and just the culture in this movie with Latinos uh, and, and, and that ethnicity is strong and, and beautiful really. in, in this film, nice. something I know nothing really about. And uh, it's, it's, it's great. Anywho, this kid uh, ends up uh, meeting a, a, a Harris to a company essentially who is opposed to what her aunt is doing at the company. Uh, after her dad went missing, her evil aunt took over this company and started manufacturing weapons. When her dad uh, said that the company was no longer going to be making weapons, she's trying to make these biochemical suits to like be a one-man killing crew to sell off to the military. And she's like, no, we can't do this. And so she gets the prototype of it and uh, sneaks it off to this guy, unbeknownst to him, and tells him, don't open this package but of course his family's like you gotta open the package and after after his family like makes fun of him for a bit he opens the package and this fucking thing takes over his body it like attaches itself to his like spinal cord like the chicken you spoke of earlier <laughs> and like this biometric suit takes over and he launches into the atmosphere he goes into space and essentially 
this thing mind melds with him and kind of it gets him in some trouble because uh, essentially he doesn't want it. And uh, the people that it was stolen from are looking for it and now hunting him down and putting his family in danger. And uh, he essentially has to figure out how to get this thing off of him and help stop the, uh, the evil aunt from selling off the product to the military because it's going to do a lot of harm to the world. Um, that's a very weird pro, uh, very, very long way to explain it. Uh, but it's interesting. It's like the Iron Man of the DC sure, yeah. universe, but it's more like this anime that I really like called Giver. Oh, okay. But I don't want to get into <laughs> that now because it's been a while. But uh, it's, it's really good. It, this movie really surprised me. When I saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be a big old stinker. And uh, it just looked cheesy and stupid to me. But boy, oh boy, did I really have a good time watching it. And it's vibrant in color. The music. Music is vibrant. The atmosphere is lived in, and it has great performances. I want to say the, the 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 standout star of this movie to me, surprisingly, is George Lopez. He plays okay. the, the kid's uncle, and he's fantastic. He steals almost all the scenes he's in, and it's 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 like there's jokes, there's action, but this movie is really really chock full of like beautiful heart and and soul and it's just really one of a kind for a superhero movie i okay. think uh, i'm gonna give blue beetle i'm gonna give it three and a half slices of toast i know people are shitting on it but it's a really good film i think and it's worth checking out especially if you want to like enjoy some culture and flair that you don't really nice. get very yeah. often in big mainstream movies i, th- I think we're short of in yeah. a lot of stuff but it's, it's good to see that coming up more lately yeah. Well, uh, my my next. Speaking of big bad things. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's like my mine's a it's a bit of that, and I would say like a solid piece of American history at this point. Um, this is the uh, I reviewed the biopic that was just released on Netflix, Big George Foreman. Listen to me, George. You got a punch like I've never seen. But in every battle. The greatest foe that we will combat isn't here. Live one way your whole life. Heavenly Father, thank you for this food. George should change his name from poor man to poor man. (laughs) To hurt. What's my name now, fool? Foreman is the new heavyweight champion of the world. Where's all that rage coming from? Don't have any rage. And it becomes all you know. Let's thank God for the food, y'all. I bought the food, mama. George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. We gonna get it on because we don't get along. Foreman, go stop! Who said that? Nobody said nothing, George. George, George, Your heart stopped. The he was dead. I was. I'm done. I'm not going to box anymore. Do you know what you're walking away from, son? I want to spread the word of God and what I saw. How's being a preacher going for you? It's hard. Harder than getting punched in the face. Sometimes it feels about the same. Hey, fella. Come on, enjoy yourself. Power company said we never paid the bill. Really? It's only two things I know how to do. That's box and preach. And preach, you won't pay the bills. 
You made me something once, Doc. You can do it again. It is my destiny to win the heavyweight championship belt again. Last time they saw me, I looked like Superman. So now you look like the Michelin Man. This ain't no beauty contest. Michael Moore. He's 26 and unstoppable. How can you beat that man? Foreman is considered an old man in this young man's game. It's now. Oh, it's never. Mr. Foreman, that funny little grill deal you signed is starting to generate some substantial checks. Really? Now I'm just surprised they chose a big old fat guy like me to sell a grill to help people get lean. <laughs> That's right, the lean mean grilling machine himself. Um, this is uh, funny enough. It's like and, and growing up, and I know I'm sure it's the same for you. You remember the infomercials of that guy selling these freaking grill things. Um, but long before that, this was one of the youngest boxers to ever win the heavyweight champion title. The, one of the youngest boxers to ever win the gold medal in the Olympics, uh, at least up at that point he was. Um, uh, George Foreman grew up in a poor small town in Texas, and he seems to have like fought his way toward anything he could, and often the worst kinds of ways. He had a pretty rough time with getting in trouble with the law and uh, – trying to be a better a better person for his mother and help provide instead of constantly be someone that needs to be taken care of. And in a family of five siblings, there was a lot going on. But it, the uh, the film does a good decent job of covering a lot of a, a lot of this, his situation when he was younger and his introduction to boxing where we meet For- Forrest Whitaker the first time who plays uh, uh, Doc, his like boxing sort of coach through most of his, uh, most of his life. Um, this, it, it, it's an interesting like tale, you know, we're, we're really watching the whole journey take place. He meets his first wife. He meets one of his earliest friends who ends up becoming his like uh, financial manager played by uh, John uh, Magaro, who's in a lot of stuff. Um, is is was very by the way immediately recognized. This is very well shot. Like this thing just looked really good. Um, you can kind of recognize this isn't like a huge huge budget thing, but they did a really good job of maximizing with what budget they had. And by that I mean like there's a few scenes where it's pretty apparent like we're gonna have to stage all of this in front of a green screen for some of the bigger like boxing matches and stuff. And it's like well yeah because you're not gonna fly to fucking Africa or sure. South America to shoot these scenes. Um, and there's a few things with like, as, uh, George is going through his fights and his face is swelling up, the prosthetics sometimes are just like glaring at you. You can like see the seams of them and stuff, but that's kind of the worst parts of it for me. Sometimes the, the acting's laid on a little thick. Um, but, but it's, it's still very entertaining. It was just a well-told story. I liked hearing this perspective of, Honestly, an incredibly well-known athlete. I mean, this man is known around the world. He was in, his name was spoken in probably every American home at some point in time in the last fucking 40, 50 years, really. Um, to uh, learn this much about George Foreman was fascinating. I, I was I was all about it. I wasn't expecting, it went from just like I casually watching that like autoplay trailer mm-hmm. as you're scrolling through Netflix to just like, oh shit, okay, I'm adding this to the list. And um ended up watching it last night and man that was it was a 
it was a good time. I really enjoyed this. I will say it was funny because you mentioned this earlier with the Sound of Freedom thing. One of the uh, opening title cards, it was for like a known like Christian production company. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, here we go. All right, I'm waiting for the Bible verses. And you know what? Didn't ever feel like that at all. You do, you know, his faith was a large part of why he comes back Good. to boxing. And he does have, a, he has a near-death experience. He, he was declared dead for a moment. Um, and he heard the voice of God. He felt he, he had this motivation of like, he needed to change his life. I didn't realize he was a pastor for many years. He totally retired from boxing. He had his own church. He was giving all of his money back to his community. He was all about like trying to keep kids off the streets from uh, doing the things he was doing when he was younger. It was, he had this gym that he opened, but unfortunately uh, his money was mismanaged and he, they had to close the doors and his wife, so had a had a dream yeah. that he won the heavyweight championship again, and this is at forty four years old, and he's or forty three actually, and it's like Damn. it takes him another two years, but he wins the heavy heavyweight championship at forty five years old. I mean, it's it's incredible, wow. yeah. And then we we see a few clips of the actual fight in the movie, but a lot of it is this uh, is the stage fight, which I think they did a good job of shooting that stuff. I'm sure the boxing fanatics will point out things that weren't right, but these actors did a great job sure. of like really trying to get into the the roles of as these characters were at these times. I liked the actor that played uh, Muhammad Ali. He did a good job of just being this boisterous, larger than life sort of guy uh the actor playing uh joe frazier just scary as hell man these i mean they really found these dudes who just like embodied like <laughs> these formidable men that were some of the greatest boxers to have ever taken on the sport um great story well well told uh again there's a few there's a few moments that just kind of reminded me oh yeah i guess i'm i you're watching a movie like as i mentioned with the prosthetics and some of the overly bright CG and then like a few scenes where the, the acting is a little overdone, but all in all, I had a great time watching this. I was expecting, this is another one of those great moments if I was expecting absolutely nothing. So anything above that is a reward. And I think uh, you're mm-hmm. rewarded for watching this one. Uh, big George Foreman over on Netflix. I'm going to give it three slices of toast, which even if you're not, a, I'm like, I'm not even a boxing fan, but having heard the name, I was curious to learn more about this guy. And if that's all you're in for, then I think you will be very pleasantly surprised if you're into boxing. Don't worry. There's a ton of that stuff. If you're up for a faith movie that has a sports edge, this is also that too. Um, a lot of people can enjoy this one, so please check it out. I, this, this is a great one for the family too. You, you cover a lot of ground, uh, cover a lot of things about just being a human, I think, that should be addressed here, and they did a great job of touching all of those subjects, I, in my opinion. So, strong watch, strong watch. Not bad, not bad at all. All right, up next, I uh, once again have a uh, movie that Lionsgate sent over, a movie called Retribution. Are you going to answer that? It's not mine. Hello, Matt. Sorry, who is this? There is a bomb under your seat. Do I have your attention? Did I do something to you? You sound so guilty. What do you want? Drive to this location. 
Honey, something's happened. There's a man who has put a bomb in the car. Under our seats, there are pressure triggers. We can't get out. The car will explode. We're here. Listen very carefully, or I kill you. Open the glove box. Shoot him. Why are you doing this? What have I ever done to you? Dad! His life or yours? Matt, I'm your best friend. You're a murderer now, Matt. You think I'm the bomber? Well, I guess you've had a tough day. I know that you lost a lot of money for your clients who invested in your fund. A lot of people are worried about you. You've got everybody's attention, Matt. He is still out there. If you can find him, I will. I'm in control here. No, you're not. You hurt my daughter, son of a bitch. I will kill you. What's it gonna be? That's right, folks. The latest Liam Neeson movie is out. You may or may not have heard about it, but let me tell you a little bit about it. All right. So Liam, he's a hedge fund manager. He likes to do things by the up and up by the book. He kind of dedicated himself to the job, kind of doesn't fully pay attention to his wife and kids. His wife begs and pleads with him one morning, please take the kids to school and pick them up. I got a friend I'm visiting. Uh, and it's like, okay, cool. He says, I'll do it. He takes his two kids who are kind of feuding with one another, teenagers. And uh, while they're driving to school, he gets a phone call on a phone that's not his. He finds this burner phone, answers it. A modulated voice tells him, hey, if you stop driving this car, if anybody gets out of this car, I will blow up your car. And uh, and he's like, if you think I'm bluffing, don't, because there is a bomb under your seat. And uh, he sure as shit discovers there is a bomb under his seat. And it's like the the phone guy tells the guy on the phone tells him, all right, I need you to do a couple of things for me and then I'll let you go free. And it's like, okay, everything's going all right. But we start the movie off seeing a news story just playing on their their TV in the background uh, in the beginning. Another car had exploded earlier in the morning. And we're finding out this has kind of been happening to a lot of people. But we find out everyone it's happening to is associated with him and his hedge fund. And uh, so... The, the caller has him go do a few things, but along the way, he's setting him up as the murder, as the person doing all these bombings. And uh, he has to figure out a way to get his kids to safety and not die. And essentially, it boils down to some crazy stuff happening along the way, as any Liam sure. Neeson movie would. And I mean, this movie is interesting. It, like, it takes place in a car primarily all in the car and they, they find ways to make it fun and enjoyable. And, uh, I will say he's given a Liam Neeson style performance, which is always fun. His son's giving a performance. That's okay. His daughter, she's hitting her marks most of the time, but sometimes she feels like she's overacting. Uh, his business partner that we meet briefly played by Matthew Muldean, given, given a pretty good performance. Everyone else is given a top notch little job. Uh, there's a twist that happens and, 
I oh, saw this was sure. coming a mile away. I assume most audience members will, but it's still a fun ride. Like just watching and trying to figure out how this is all going to end. Will Liam die? Will the kids be safe? Uh, and I think we all kind of oh, know sure. what's going to happen, but ah, I'll spoil it for you. Uh, it's 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 not a bad movie. Yeah, <laughs> for Liam, there I will go. hold it to my vest. Um, and no, it's it's a really good movie. Like it's 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 stylized, it's sleek. It takes place in like a foreign country, so the roads are kind of different looking than American sure. roads. Uh, it's just overall a pretty decent movie. Uh, I'll give Retribution currently in theaters. I'll give it two slices of toast. Okay, it's, okay. it's a good watch. It's it's a uh, nothing new, not breaking any oh, new sure. molds yeah, or right. anything, but it's definitely what you expect out of a sixty-five year old. I totally man feel like that conversation movie. was like, or Liam, baby, I got a movie for you. I promise <laughs> you're gonna spend three weeks sitting on your ass. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Don't, oh I mean, boy, but yeah, <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> It sounds like it could be like a schlocky, boring movie, but it, but it's a really good movie. And I will say, it reminded me of another movie I think Ethan Hawke starred in like maybe eight years ago. Okay. But I forget the name of that movie, to be honest with you. But it, like I said, it's still fun and engaging because Liam Neeson is is that type of actor that will make you enjoy something that could be nothing. But this movie doesn't fall short of the action. Nice, suspense. nice. Uh, check it out. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, I, I finally got around to a, a big in that uh, a lot of folks have, have seen already. Uh, I know you've reviewed it here on the show before, but oh. I finally got in my viewing of Oppenheimer. This is a national emergency. Detonator's charged. We're in a race against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. They have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. A secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Build a town, build it fast. We don't let scientists bring their families. We'll never get the best. Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long? Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing to ever happen in the history of the world? You're the great improviser, but this, you can't do in your head. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. This is a matter of life and death. I can perform this miracle. World War II would be over. Our boys would come home. That's happening, isn't it? The world 
will remember this day. Our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen. Until somebody builds a bigger one. You are the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves. And the world is not prepared. Truman needs to know what's next. Two. What's next? One. So, the, yeah, this is the big uh, Christopher Ooh. Nolan flick that was just released. The uh, other box office smash across from Barbie uh, a few short weeks ago. A month ago. Uh, yeah, sure. Just released. Oh, okay, yeah. It's out there. But it's, it's out there. It's still it's happening. Playing. Um, it is... Uh, <laughs> Telling the story of Robert, uh, Robert Oppenheimer, we are well aware of what this is covering at this point, and that's honestly what drew me in to want to see this in the first place. When they first announced the movie was being made, I'm like, fuck yes, this is something I would need to see in the theaters. Unfortunately, given it, I mean, it's still selling out, man. We're, we, uh, I wanted to see it in the 70 millimeter screening oh, yeah. with a couple of our neighbors, and like, we weren't able to get anything in a reasonable amount of time for this recording to then see it in that format, which I got to be honest, I think I'm still going to go, I'll go back and see it. if there's still a 70 millimeter screening at some point. Oh, wow. Um, but this, one of the things you expect from a Nolan movie, it looks beautiful. I think it did the whole way through. Um, the intensity I feel that is demanded of his cast is met all around. Um, but I will say, I'll have to agree with a couple of the people I watched the movie with. There's almost too many characters. Like, there's a little too much. I, I want to kind of focus on what's happening here. And I get we need that range and depth of what makes up the, the man that is Oppenheimer. Uh, but some of it just, I feel like, kind of distracted a little bit. The I, I get his relationship with his wife was not in the, on the best of terms, as well as with his mistress. Like, it, it's like... I. I don't know. I just feel like there's times where we probably spend a little too much time or like, why did we need that 30 second bit when we could have just, I'm sure there's way more that was cut that we're not getting, but it's like, well, thank God. Cause this fucker's still three hours long. <laughs> but having said that it was amazing to go on this journey. And I really loved that feeling of like, even this sort of um, larger than life elements like when he was being uh, interrogated or he was being questioned and by not by a judge. And this isn't the jury. Like I, I loved all of that sort of backhanded sort of fucking like, well then what the fuck am I doing here? Um, that moment when he felt like the bomb building up and slowly detonating. And it's, it's this, his buildup of, of the gravity of what's being done. And then even after it's been done, it's like, holy shit, we did it. Mm. The, the world will never be the same. And you're all a part of it now. Like you, you made help make this happen. It's I. I can't imagine how that must have felt. Uh, you hear all the cheering and stuff, but not deep down. You know, in him, it's it's not all like fucking sunshine and rainbows. Like this might be a solution to this thing, but we are starting a mm -hmm. whole new war. And I, I I respect that this movie really tried to highlight that. Like this isn't. This wasn't 
such a high point. It wasn't such a good thing as, as a end thing. We thought we hoped, and it turns out it's, it's, it wasn't the case at all. Um, I don't know. I, I still, I still really enjoy this movie for three hours. I still, a lot of it went really fast. The first hour was the slowest. The two after that, to me, just sail the fuck by because it's that building momentum. And then once you've even had that, that key moment, it's the results. It's everything that comes afterward. And it's, it's that realization of just what you've done to the pl- what you've done to two cities on planet earth like that. I'm sure you would never feel at peace with for the rest of your fucking life. But man, yeah. Uh, Oppenheimer. I know a lot of people have already talked about it. We've said it before, but I, I will say my piece. I want to give it three and a half slices still in theaters. If you haven't seen it by now, I mean, you've, you've kind of heard some stuff about it. You should, Probably have an opinion whether or not you're going to be into it, but it's no surprise. Yes, three hours. Uh, I made it though. Oh, no, no, no. I had to take one bathroom break. That's true. One. I was proud of myself. I held it to one. Oh, boy. <laughs> nice. Yep. That's talent. I, you know, I think for this movie, I uh, I just said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I don't care. I'll miss a few slow moments. Whatevs. I didn't really care. So there we go. I like that. You liked it. I didn't like it. That's good. See, people, we yeah. can not agree on some things, which is always nice. I'm happy mm. you checked it out, though. I'm happy you liked it. Oh, for it. sure. And I, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to hear what you say after you after you see the yeah. uh, 70 millimeter. That, that'd be that'd be something to see if it if it looks little, yeah. Little that that review you. would purely be on uh, the visual aesthetics of what it was like watching it and hearing it in that format. For sure, definitely. Um, but yeah, I will definitely mention that if yeah. I if I do make it over there, would happy to happy to, to review the the difference between mm. those. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to talk. About I know you got a really serious, tennis. heavy film. I'm talking from one. Oh, to another. oh, I like that even yeah. better. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Back in 2021, if you can believe it, Dennis and I were still doing the show. Uh, and we reviewed the latest and not so greatest, in our opinion, comedy on Hulu called Vacation Friends. And we both gave it a very yeah. unflatterable review. But uh, this time around, I said, hey, I'll check out this sequel. Because and what was your, but you, you, you cited some particular evidence that I thought was a very good example. In, within the world yes. of Hulu comedies, we had observed a sequel that actually I mean, was better than its predecessor. Right? Yeah. You, you, you gave a, a pretty uh, rather good review to a sequel to The Binge that we both thought was a mediocre movie. And uh, it turned out that you really yes. enjoyed the sequel yep. of that. They, they, right? they I, definitely sharpened the, the tools before about. they dug into making another one of those. So you'd hope that that's possible <laughs> to happen, right? Here? Did it, how'd, how'd that yeah. go? Yeah. You'd like to think. Well, let me tell you. Let, let me tell you about Vacation Friends 2. I told you. I'm on vacation. While I'm on vacation, I'm going to just float. Come here, Mr. Parker. Sure. Marcus and Emily Parker, you have failed to notify your airline that you are registered sex offenders. What? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Look at us, all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Just found this crawling under our table. He's, He's crawling? crawling? It's yes. your first time! It's a prodigy, it's amazing! 
What are they doing letting us in a place this nice? How the hell did you get us in here? You didn't tell them. They gonna be long gone by the time I get into my work thing. You must be Mr. Parker. Apologies for the change in schedule. Mr. Young has invited you for drinks. All of you. Guys, I need you to be really cool. Can you do that for me? When have we ever not been cool? Dad! Literally just released from San Quentin. <laughs> I got you the best wedding present. What? Why does this Coke not taste cokey? Because it's your mom. I just look at your mom. It's really kind of beautiful if you think about it. No! This is not how picture things going at all. It's cool, Marcus. It's cool. We floating, right? We floating. We floating. Why is there so many of us? Ah! Let me down! Get your hands off my wife! Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing family vacation into total chaos. Who does that? We have been through hell. Why don't we just go back? I knew it. Chicken. There's only one thing left to do, sir. I've never seen that much water come off a person before. Did I throw up a lot? Your butthole threw up, bud. So this time, our crew's back. We got Lil Rel, we got Yvonne, his wife, and we they're going on a vacation. But this time, they purposely invite their their new friends, yeah. Ron and Kayla, John Cena and Meredith uh, Hager, and uh, Marilio, uh, the, 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 the guy oh who went to the hotel that they stood at, they invite him along, <laughs> okay. too. And... Uh, and so they're all going on a vacation together. It's uh, it's serving as uh, Ron and Kayla's um, honeymoon because they never formally had one. And uh, Lil Rel got a good uh, offer. It turns out he's really going to do a business trip. That's going to take place two days after everyone okay, leaves so okay. they don't fuck it up on them. But when we get to the island, we find out, uh-oh, the business uh, meeting has been moved to a sooner date when everyone's there. And uh-oh... They're meeting with some people, and Lil Rel's not really, uh, really embracing their culture. And because these guys want to party, a bunch of, uh, I believe, Korean guys are like, "We're gonna, we're gonna drink, we're gonna party, we're gonna have a good time." Oh, you can't keep up with us. Oh, I don't right. know if we want to do business sure. with someone who can't keep up with us. And he's like, "Let me uh-huh. grab my friend," and he grabs John Cena, who speaks perfect <laughs> korean and can out drink anybody and everyone loves and they go out of their way to say everyone loves ron and uh that is until someone crashes the festivities uh when kayla's dad shows up mm. out of prison he just got released from prison and he's there to see his baby daughter and just celebrate their her new marriage yeah, like to ron james woods or something or so he says yeah you'd think None oh other than my Boucher. god okay okay <laughs> yes yes and uh lil rel and john cena kind of discover that he might be up to something else because they see him meeting up okay. with some unsavory looking characters on an island that he's never been to and it just seems a little weird and uh we said everyone loves john cena's character that is everyone except for steve buscemi this guy is not good sure. enough for his daughter. And we end up finding out that he he ends up inviting them out on a snorkeling adventure. But it just turns out they got to take a quick little ride in a, in a little airplane to get there. 
And then it turns out, uh-oh, they might be in Cuba now. And uh, they might have uh, found a... I don't want to spoil things, but sure, there's sure. an alternative motive of for course. Steve Buscemi's moves here. And uh, honestly, I... Uh, I this doesn't sound like anything too new or interesting. I, I get the the premise for this, but I will say it's it has it has a lot of good comedy beats to it. It has good moments. It it has laughs. It's not over the top. It doesn't have all the green screen work that the first one had. This one they actually felt like they had money and could actually do things on location, and uh, it wasn't over the top, in your face, ridiculous, stupid humor. It was more tamed, more more refined okay. and it's funny i uh, i posted a, a video over on our tiktok and someone disagreed with me they're like the first one's amazing this one sucks and i'm like all right that's your take i disagree but i, I get it everyone has their opinions so i'll say vacation friends over on hulu and by vacation friends i'm talking vacation friends too wow I'm three all slices right. of the toast it's a fun time it's nice seeing these characters again i'd watch more of their so had a redemption honestly. then and uh I don't Here's, know. I, I had a good okay. time. Nice, yeah, I nice. think so. Heck yeah. Well, that's good to hear. See? Yeah. One, Sometimes one, you can one, one, one you can time. undo yeah. the close out the show the with shittiness the- of the previous movie. <laughs> that's for sure. Nice. That is a hundred percent true, Dennis. I uh, I I was hoping you'd watch it, but uh, it's all good. Oof. I, well, I didn't want to force exactly. You to live the now pain I might reconsider one. it now that I've heard that from you. Because just because we had such strong feelings with the first one, it's like okay. I don't know if there's if there's no concentric yeah. circles. I don't know about that, but uh, we'll have to see. <laughs> uh, but I will say. If you're if you came here looking for reviews of big movies that we didn't talk about, like you're so you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah or puppy love or any any random movie that you you've heard of recently or maybe some obscure movies like Shin Kamen Rider uh, or uh, or a movie called Jules or Back on the Script or Landscape with the Invisible Hands or movies that uh, I don't know that we didn't talk about. Head over to YouTube and search for uh, us. We're at movie underscore toast over there. Or check us out at movie underscore toast on TikTok, where I give these little yeah. like, uh, video reviews of stuff that can't fit into this show. Uh, please, it's, it's a fun time. And check out our other social media. All, all these places, X, Instagram, Reddit, Twitter. I already said X. Facebook, two times on Facebook. Uh, all, all the hot spots. We're at movie underscore toast. Check us out. It's a good time. That is. I have. I don't fun. know, Dennis. We're coming to the end soon. Uh, sep- September twenty second is the oh, deadline. Yes. Of submissions for our third annual film festival. Yes, as this is this? the return of Movie Toast the festival, and I'm talking the biggest. L- number of entries we've ever had in the show but folks like adam said there is still time if you're sitting on that short film you just need to get in front of some more eyeballs this is the place for you uh this was spawned out of a short film festival that we we were uh, one of our previous hosts one of of our hosts has entered and were turned away so he started his own and then i wanted to help him out and then it has evolved over time. It was it faded away, then came back through online entries, and it has only grown more and more over the years. And it's it is so fun, 
And it feels so satisfying to give a voice to these creatives who have gone out of their way to create their passion project, Mm -hmm. to put it out into the world and to just give you another platform for more people to enjoy your art. Uh, This is, this is why we, I feel like, come to watch movies. It's, it's when we enjoy the, the best ones are the ones you can tell they enjoyed making them, in my opinion. And I feel we've mm-hmm. got to see that 100%. time and time again throughout this festival. And this year is no different. There's just a many more to enjoy. So I'm really excited to share this with you folks. I know uh, oh, yeah. Adam and I have been diligently working our way through these uh, short films, and there's been a lot of good stuff. And we've had to whittle through like multiple good options. It's not like, yeah, this is, this is, this is tough. And I'm glad you guys are making it tough, too. So please, if you have that short film, go to filmfreeway.com slash movie toast the festival and uh or go to film freeway and search for movie toast the festival you will find us there and our lovely movie toast icon um like he said it's our third year we're we're expecting to have a great time you'll be able to catch us over on youtube and we'll stream it live there with a live chat and we'll probably do a little hangout afterwards on discord or something similar that will be tbd um it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to do in the sort of holiday environment there in December, whether you have some friends over and share your film or mm-hmm. check out your buddy's film and throw a viewing party for him. Whatever it is, please join us. We will announce the airtime when we get closer to the date, but do keep an eye out for the uh, back half of December, or middle of December, middle of December. But uh, I'm, I'm really excited, man. Mm-hmm. This is It's going to be a good yeah. one this year. It's going to be even better. Let's phrase phrase it this way. It'll be even better than the year before. And it's only, yes, around. No one's going to ever take it down. I mean, we'll take it down after the day of its premiere because we don't want everyone's oh, sure. films just living out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely, it's going to be fun. Uh, please check that out. Please submit. If you know anybody, tell them to submit. September 22nd is the deadline. The fee is very nominal, not over the pri- over top, overpriced. But if you don't want to do that, maybe uh, tell us what works, what you like, what you don't like of the podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you don't want to do that, oh, uh, is there anything maybe I got one thing I gotta ask. ask. Stay toasty. One second. Oh boy. Hold on. I got to see the alert. Okay. Reconnected. Oh, okay. Poisoned. All right. Oh, well, yeah. I'll roll into it again. Well, yeah. I, I got. Sorry. Oh, see. Yeah. It's all good. Walter Goggins would be really good oh, for this God. role, I think, Dennis. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry, God. Stop. Okay. I, I keep, now I'm forgetting. Oh, yeah. Uh, good, good, sorry, sorry, good you review. Want me to lead you no, into no, no, no. It's, it, it's, it was good review. Okay. About something bad. Uh, 